Welcome to Cosplay and Cocktails. This is Paige. And I am Jessie, as always. As always. Um, hey, Jessie, what's up? You just learned some really upsetting news. About Henry Cavill? Yeah. Being in Highlander? Yeah. Don't like it. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll stick to good old nipple-sucking Connor McLeod. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. He sucks a nipple in every one. I did know Did that. you know that? Um, okay, Jesse, cocktail corner. We you, had, you really came through. Here's the thing. I came through by accident. <laughs> so I am home in our hometown for this weekend. Uh, we're, we're doing kind of, I wouldn't say a marathon of recording, but we're going to record We're hanging episodes. out this weekend. Yeah, we're hanging out, recording several episodes. Um, so I went to the store to get, the grocery store to get ingredients for... Um, the cocktail. Our cocktail mocktail holiday in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, it was buy six bottles of wine, <laughs> get ten percent off, which it used to be fifteen percent. So oh. times times are hard. Times are rough around. Uh, and so I just I was gonna buy like two or three anyway, so I was like, might as well stock up because we'll probably drink them all this weekend anyway. Also, honestly, you're not I, wrong. I got this new fancy corkscrew, and I wanted to try it out. It was very cool. And the two wines that we got for the um, cocktail uh, didn't have corks. So I wanted to try out my new corkscrew, so I bought uh, extra wines. Right. It was like 250 This was a 250 wine. So that, it's also national. That's why Paige said I came through is because... So the day we're recording this is it's National Drink Wine Day. Yeah. Which so, we didn't know. Which but- we didn't know, but we're drinking wine anyway because I bought six bottles uh, at the grocery store right. so that I could get a sweet wine tote and uh, 10% off and also it's a, um, it's use a cab. my new corkscrew. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It was $2.50. We love that. Uh, it's pretty damn good for $2.50. The brand is Bay Bridge. Bay if Bridge. you can get a hold of it, Vineyards. Bay Bridge Vineyards. And let me tell you, I was not expecting it to be as good as it is. I, me neither. It was pretty good. I thought it might be undrinkable. It's not undrinkable. No, it was... Again, we're not... We don't have fancy taste, but... No. Here's the thing, you know, they say that, um, uh, you know, fancy wines are all made up. Right. Like, if you put... Like, if we put this wine and I put a label that said $750... Nobody would know. People would be like, mm, fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I taste notes of mm, chocolate and... Ooh, fresh cedar. Uh, tastes like wine. <laughs> it was two dollars and fifty cents, and it tastes like wine. Amen. That's cocktail corner. <laughs> uh, hey Jesse, you feeling curious about anything? Something's on my mind. That means question time. I'm gonna ask you a question. This is an interesting question. What is your favorite fandom band? So by fandom band, I mean like a band that only exists in fandoms. You know, a lot of movies, TV shows like Harry Potter has. Dingo ate my baby. Oh, whoa. <laughs> that was quick. Dingo ate my baby. I don't know what that's from. It's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Seth Green, uh, his character as Oz was in the band Dingo ate my baby. Uh, it is my favorite fandom band. Fair enough. That's fair, fair enough. <laughs>
What about you? What's your favorite fandom band? You know, I thought about this zero seconds before I asked you. I don't know. I like the weird sisters in the movies because it's Jarvis Cocker and, like, members of Radiohead. And those are both bands, like, Pulp and Radiohead are bands that I like in the real world. And, yeah, those are probably my, probably, I guess, the weird sisters. That's the first one that immediately comes to mind just because I like... The music IRL. Unless you want to ca- count uh, Jenny Conley in Portlandia as Sparkle Pony. <laughs> Mouse Rat's also a good one. I thought you might say Mouse Rat. Um, but. Um, yeah. So on today's episode, guys, I think that's all of our corners. Um, but on today's episode, uh, we had an awesome interview with Lauren from Dresses and Capes. Um, yeah. Okay. So welcome, Lauren. Um, Lauren. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about, uh, you know, how you got into costuming? Yeah. So um, I'm Lauren, a.k.a. Dresses and Capes. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all the fun places. And how I got into costuming was through the love of nerddom and just kind of deciding one day, you know what? I think I want to do cosplay and getting hot glue guns and some thrifted items and just doing it and that's what started me on my journey just pure determination and the love of fandom what was that first cosplay or costume for you uh my first cosplay was river song from doctor who (laughs) i don't know if you're a whovian it sounded exciting (laughs) oh you are okay yay okay fellow whovians um yeah so i at the time that i cosplayed river i had like blonde hair like her and my hair is uh curly so i kind of just decided i'm gonna go to a a small local con and i kind of want to dress up so i went to like a small store found a green dress cut it up a bit to be like hers went to Joanne's and bought like some random little trinkets in the dollar store to get a little gun that I spray painted white and went in and I just had a blast and met like other Doctor Who cosplayers and having them be excited to see me even though it was not a great cosplay is what really (laughs) drove me to like want to continue My first cosplay was Amy Pond and it was like, I didn't make anything. I bought everything because I was like so intimidated by all of it, but I was like, okay, like I'm going to go. But that's still what got me into it was just like how exciting that was to put it together and then like to have people want to take your picture and like, just like other people knowing that, oh, they, this person likes that same thing as me because of how I was dressed. Like it just... It was just such an all-encompassing experience for me that just really pulled me in. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, So do you still uh, do a lot of thrifting or like was that something more you just did in your early days? Um, Now I mostly do my own makes. Uh, I do have a few things that I thrift when I can. Um, Like, wow, it's been now two years, I guess, since I've done it. But I did like a Hellboy cosplay and instead of like making pants and a shirt and a jacket I just thrifted those but like I made the right hand of doom and his horns and like some other small accessories but mostly if I'm doing something I make it myself 
Well, you make a lot of really like elaborate, beautiful dresses too. So, mm-hmm. but like, like you said, like with pants and, you know, jackets and stuff, if it's easier just to thrift it or buy it, you know, especially if you're, you know, eliminating that waste too, like that helps. Yeah, exactly. So if I can, I will. Um, just sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times with the cosplay I choose, it, it's not really an option. We've talked about before also it depends on the cosplay and also depends on like where you are because we're in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere west so our thrifting options are pretty limited and then you know i'm a plus size individual so you know there may be an item that i need but it's a size two that, that's not gonna work so <laughs> right. uh yeah it's it's a good option when it is an option i guess but it's not always an option what has been the hardest thing that you have made because you said now you make most of your stuff Mm -hmm. what has been like the hardest thing there oh wow okay so I think one of the hardest things that I've made would be something I made for like my Halloween series this past year 2021 um and like the series was spooky girls in film and I decided to do Katrina Von Tassel from Sleepy Hollow um for this cosplay, I had to learn some historical sewing and just like historical techniques. I mean, I obviously used uh, modern instruments like a sewing machine right. and a serger. Uh, I know there's some people who still do hand sewing. I am not one of those people. I don't have the time. Um, <laughs> so I had to learn some like historical things. I had to make some stays. Uh, I'd never made stays before. I'd made a corset, but a stay is kind of different. And that was like a whole new thing. And I learned so much making those stays, making this costume and like ways I could improve it if I ever decided to do it again or do something similar. I made stay. I've made two sets of stays now, and I really like the first time. It was super daunting, and mm-hmm. I was not like I was way in over my head. But then I made a set this year, just like just because I had material laying around, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna make some stays. And it was it was so much more fun to actually go in with it, go into it knowing what I was doing, and then come out with something that I was really proud of. Did you make front lacing or back lacing? They're back lacing. So I made them originally for an Outlander cosplay Mm -hmm. for Claire. And I was trying to do it like, you know, bottom up, like everything like she Mm -hmm. would wear. Um, And so I, that's, yeah, that's the pattern that I am used to. So that's as far as I've gotten. I've made a regular corset that I like, I prefer stays. Stays are actually quite like much more comfortable than I was ever expecting. So I was like, I could do this again. And, but next time I definitely want to try front lacing because it was annoying to lace those it is very yes it's not fun to have to lace it in the back my string like is so long so that I can like wrap it around myself and like yeah the pulling so okay so we asked you about your most difficult cosplay build what's your favorite cosplay build oh man The, the the question that I feel everybody always gets and is always I feel like the hardest to answer Cause it's like, you know, you spend hour. Well, if you make your cosplay, you spend hours and like tons of money on this thing. And you're like, Oh, they're all my babies. And right. yeah, I, how do I choose a favorite? Um, I will say I'm going to do a tie. And I know that's like such a cop-out answer, but my favorites are, I did winter bell 
from like uh, the Enchanted Christmas uh, Belle yes. movie. I did that one, her pink dress with the, the cape. And I love that one. I, the moment I put it on and I was taking photos with one of my photographer friends, I was like, man, I've never felt like such a princess. I feel amazing. Like it was such a good feeling. And my other favorite one is my ball gown Sally dress that I also made for Halloween this past year. Um, that one was a speed build. And I have to go back and fix some things, but like, I loved the overall effect of it and just like how much other people were inspired by it. Like I lost it, but somebody, a few people had like drawn me in it and I can't find it on Instagram anymore, but it was like really nice yeah. to have that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so you correct me if I'm wrong. You mm -hmm. won best in show at one con. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk a little bit about competing in a cosplay contest? Um, you know, the stresses of that, um, the, the judging, you know, mm -hmm. how, how that all went down and uh, any advice you would have for people that might be looking to compete in a uh, showcase of that kind? Yeah, of course. Um, that was actually like the first competition I ever did was WonderCon. And I one with my partner, um, Angie Viper on Instagram, you can find her, uh, best in show. It was an amazing, amazing feeling, you know, doing it for the first time and winning like top prize, uh, doing it was incredible because I think at that point I was maybe three or four years into my sewing journey and I was still oh, learning. Wow. Yeah, I was still learning a lot. Like I did not start sewing until 2015. So relatively new when I competed and seeing all these amazing, amazing builds in the back was just like, wow, I am blown away by others' creativity, their skill. And like, you know, it always makes you feel like a little small, but I was like, you know, I, I, I did something good. I like what I did. Um, I, yeah, I will say I personally loved WonderCon's competition because they had a performance aspect of it. Um, not all conventions or competitions will have that. They're kind of hit or miss. I was actually thinking about that earlier today. Um, just the different we always try to hit the cosplay contest regardless of if anyone we know is in it or not, because, you know, we like to talk about it on the podcast and, and we just like watching it. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the different ones, you know, that have a uh, talent portion and maybe what I, I, we're always so curious about like the judging behind cosplay uh, contests and, you I know, like what, what goes into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then I, that also makes me curious, like what, what leads them to decide okay this one will have a talent portion you know and mm -hmm. uh, I mean I don't know yeah I don't know what determines like if they have one or not but like at WonderCon but you, you as a cosplayer do like that you like yeah. the talent portion I personally love the talent portion it adds this element to your like your co your cosplay and the competition that makes it to me more exciting um I mean mm -hmm. I'm I have another friend who has also competed in the past and she does not like the uh, like 
performance aspect. She likes when it's like a runway show where you come in, you walk, you do your spin and you do a wave and you leave. She prefers that's that. how I would be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> when I get it. We don't. Yeah. Right. We have we have a little bit of stage fright over here on this end. And yeah, so I don't think I could realistically like I would need to be heavily medicated before I could do any of it. Right. <laughs> so as a as a viewer only. Right. I like the talent portion. Right. Uh, but I think the only way I could ever be in one is to not have a talent portion. <laughs> I don't think I could ever be in one anyway. So I mean, I've done both like I've done ones with talent and ones without and personally again prefer talent but both uh like competitions I've been in you in the backstage for anyone ever competing the judges will typically look at your costume flip your seams and you'll have a book that you give them that has like detail shots and process shots of you doing your build uh right I mean, the more intricate your builds, obviously the longer your book will be. And you can put in more details like, oh, I resin casted, blah, blah, blah. I 3D printed, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, learned a new sewing technique. That was something that right. like, I was able to say when I competed for the first time, I was like, oh, I had never made a corset before. And I learned how to make a corset for this. And I like did some new techniques that I'd never done before. Um, and then obviously competition. And like you, like you guys said, um, my friend that I was competing with, Angie Viper, uh, we had two very different reactions to like that performance. She, after we performed, immediately crashed. Like she could not, she couldn't stand. She was like, I gotta sit, I need water. Versus me, I was so hyped and like active that I was like, I'm just gonna walk the perimeter of like our oh. holding area. Cause I was like, I'm so amped, I can't calm down. So it was very funny. Like, oh, it'd be hard to sit okay. still for sure. Yeah. And then like, you got to wait for everyone to finish their performance right. or, you know, walk on and you wait for that. And, uh, and you got to wait for results, which is always nerve wracking. See, that's another reason why I could not do costume contests. You said flip your seams. Uh-uh. We don't <laughs> yes. need to look in there. That's none of your business what's on the other side. If I wanted yeah. to see the other side, I want to put it on the outside. That's why I don't do costume contests. Yeah. Because what's is. inside of my costumes, mm -hmm. it's a hot mess. Both the person and the costume itself on the inside. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, we, don't, we don't need to look at that. Yeah. I admire people who do. They always see beautiful, beautiful costumes. I just don't know that I, yeah, I could do it. It's admirable. It's like going into space. Mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to do it, but I'm soft and scared. <laughs> I, I mean, like, valid. Okay. Yeah. So I appreciate that there are people that can go explore that territory so that I can enjoy the benefits of that. <laughs> right, right. Oh, no. Um, so do you have any, like, top advice for anybody that would want to be in a cosplay contest? Um, I would say... <laughs> and this might be lame but if you feel like you are ready just do it like don't right. second guess yourself if you're like you know what I feel good about maybe a costume you just finished or one you made previously and made improvements on you're like I'm really proud of this maybe I'll enter it I say just do it and enter it there are obviously different levels of competition and different levels of prizes there's like journeymen for your first competition 
there's novice, there's professional, and there's master class. I might have mixed up those names, but you get the idea. So well, don't feel overwhelmed of like, well, how am I going to compete against this person who owns a 3D printer, a resin printer, and all this stuff? There is a spot in the competition for you. And I will say a lot of competitions now are recognizing that you can't really put things like armor against uh, like dress or needlework is what it's called. So they have separate categories now, which is in my opinion, amazing because it is hard as a dressmaker, a needlework person to compete against a giant armor. Cause you're like, what the shit that looks like incredibly <laughs> impressive. So impressive, you know, from like 30 feet away versus, you know, your needlework, it might be like, okay, I need you to come up close. Look at the beadwork I did that you can only see from like three feet away. Like it is intimidating, but a lot of conventions and competitions are now recognizing that. So please don't feel like you can't be in a competition because of that. And there are people out there, me included, I think, who are willing to give advice or help if you need it, because I know it's scary. And uh, yeah. And you know what? You can also always um, write to your local convention and request me to come and I'll do a panel on it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, so when you mentioned that about the different categories, Paige and I both uh, pointed at each other <laughs> because that's something that we've talked about before on the podcast and we've mm. talked about before, you know, as friends, like mm -hmm. that some conventions don't have that. And yeah. how do you judge something that's, you know, still very difficult and a very beautiful costume that's, you know, armor built out of thermoplastic and EVA foam compared to a beautiful ball gown with a lot of, you know, details and beading. Mm -hmm. They're both, you know, hours and hours of work. They're both hours and hours to learn how to do that, but they're so completely different that how do you compare one to another? So we really like it when the convention does break it down into, okay, there's a needlework category, there's a armor building category, there's a prop building category, mm -hmm. because it's, I think it'd be impossible. It's, it'd be so hard to judge them anyways, but. Uh, I think as cosplayers and as, uh, you know, people that love cosplay contests, when we go, we're always, you know, like, obviously we're sitting there judging the cosplays as well. And no, 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 yeah, I just like, mean like our opinion, you know, like, oh, oh man, that's the best one up there. You know, like giving our opinions to each other. <laughs> and um, so we're always like, how would they, how would they be able right. to like, how are judge judges, that, yeah. those against each other? Like, how is that possible? Like every time we leave a convention, that is like mm -hmm. the majority of our car ride home is like, how did they, yeah. how did they pick who they pick? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I am always fascinated as well as like what goes behind the scenes in judging. I'm like, I don't know. Again, for these conventions that don't have them separated, how do you like put up um, that like armor versus like, let's say you do the Cinderella gown from the Cinderella 2015 movie. Oh, like, yeah. like, I don't know how they do that. It is so hard. And I just encourage anyone who runs a convention, runs a competition, please create separate categories. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I mean, sorry, this might be lame advice, but for any people thinking about competing, if you can mix in some, as I kind of already said, new techniques or some other techniques besides just needlework into your build, it does help. Like I know people who have mixed in 
you know, adding horns to their build or adding some simple lights to their build. And it just adds a certain factor that gives it a little oomph. But, right. you know, it doesn't work for every needlework type of build, but that is an option. Yeah. No, I think that's really good advice. I, I think that a lot of the cosplays we see uh, win or, you know, get any kind of award, um, they often do have multiple mm-hmm. uh, skills involved in them. So I think that that is good advice, you know, even if it's something small, especially if it's your first one, you know, mm-hmm. just adding in a little aspect of a different craft, you know, will kind of set you apart a little bit yeah that's well. something that I enjoy seeing in my own cosplays and just in not even in convention cosplays just walking the floor mm-hmm. those little details really make the cosplay and it doesn't have to be like a big you know mm-hmm. difficult or expensive detail just like a cute little detail that's out of the costume and you're like oh like what a creative idea or like how cute is that just right. like mm-hmm. small things can really make a big difference that sounded way lamer than anything you have said so <laughs> No, no, but that's such a good point. Um, okay, so I uh, came across you on TikTok. That's how I started following you on Instagram and then eventually reached out to you. And I was just in love with so many of your designs that you've put together. Um, as someone that is on social media and puts themselves out there, do you see social media as mm. like, you know, <laughs> oh, the age is like pro yeah. and con like what what is it that is helpful mm-hmm. I will for say, you as a cosplayer yeah I have been lucky in that it's mostly been friend to me in that it's allowed me to connect with people that I probably would never have met in real life um, right. just because of like where I live um, or like you know, just other factors of like, maybe we don't go to the same conventions or panorama, sorry, pandemic. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I feel like friend. And I mean, it's also helped me learn new techniques because there are amazing, amazing people online who put out tutorials or uh, even uh, not prints, but patterns for things that has helped me personally in my like cosplay journey and it's been amazing uh just like something we talked about earlier with um when I made my Katrina Von Tassel like I had to learn some historical techniques and like ways of doing things and because I'd never done it before when I got a pattern that I had bought I was so confused I was like I don't understand what this means but because of social media I was able to reach out to a friend who I'd actually never met in person until recently, but at the time I had not met her in person and her name is Costuming Drama on uh, Instagram and on YouTube. She does historical and cosplay fashion and she was able to sit down with me virtually and explain what they were trying to say. And if I didn't have social media, I would never have found her because like she lives in Mm -hmm. San Francisco area and I live in LA. We, through the podcast, like we have just met so many amazing people through the podcast, through social media. Like, yes, there's a lot of negative stuff on social media, but we would not have been able to do the podcast without social media. Mm -hmm. Like we would not have met the people we've met, just all these amazing cosplayers and, and just humans like it's just been, it's been such a great tool for us. And like I said, I know that there is a negative side to it and that, you know, bad stuff happens, but we could not be luckier for the, for the, con- you know, connections that we've made through social media. So yeah, I'd say at the beginning, like 
when we first started the podcast, I was pretty anti-social media. Yeah. I still don't do mm-hmm. a ton myself on social media, but I see now, like I was pretty staunchly anti yeah. Yeah. and now having seen like, okay, there are positive aspects of it as well, because like Paige said, we met people that there's no way people that, that we, we could met in person have, and hang out with at cars. Right. Like, and there's no way, you know, they live Texas, California, yeah. every, you know, miles and miles and miles away from our tiny Midwestern patch. So mm-hmm. um, it's warmed me up to social media, I would say. I just always wonder if other cosplayers have the same uh, experience with it that we have had. Yeah, I feel like they do. I mean, obviously some have terrible experiences, but I feel like a lot of people have found connections online, especially in the past like two years. So yeah, maybe alone. that's it. Maybe we just had really good timing. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, I feel like Paige sent me your Instagram and I just thought she was sending me because you had beautiful costumes on there. Like your rainbow dress, I was losing my mind. I was like, oh my God. Oh. And I was like, who, who is that? And she's like, we we're going to interview her on the podcast. I was like, oh my gosh. It's like, we get to like talk to these cool people that make these amazing things. Like, whereas before I would just see it and be like, oh, that's cool. And like, now I got to talk to you. So I'm, I've warmed up to it. I've, I'm still apprehensive. I don't know what I'm doing on there. <laughs> but yeah it all uh, yep we're here for you either way yeah like I am like you know like a grandma on social media or a grandpa you know like those people who type in like their Facebook status is like what time does Applebee's close that's basically (laughs) one step I am one step from that on social media but I like lurking I like seeing other people's stuff I typed in your symptoms into the search bar and it says you have connectivity (laughs) problems yeah (laughs) oh that's funny um, <laughs> um so this is a hard question for everybody but if you had to pick one very favorite part of cosplaying what would be your very favorite part of cosplaying okay i i mean for me i love seeing the final product like after all the time and effort you put into it potentially sleepless nights or early mornings like depending on your life and then finally seeing it like on or the picture, like even if it's just a picture on a camera or a phone, like seeing it completed for me is just this feeling of like accomplishment and something I feel very proud of. Like I made that or like I did that if I didn't make it. I'm like, I did that. And it's just this overwhelming sense of, I don't know, joy, if that's the right word. But I, I'm someone who loves like tangible, like tangible results. So I love that I have like, I made this after hours and hours and I can wear it. I can hold it. I can display it. It feels really good. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think that we are both of that same. Like we love, I really love making things now. Like I just started really getting into sewing on my own uh, over the pandemic Mm -hmm. and like now I feel pretty competent in it. <laughs> like I, I can, yeah. I can, I can do what I need to do. You've made um, a lot of progress. Yeah, I've made a lot of progress. From the but time that you, I saw you sewing through your Hava dress and I was like, Kim, <laughs> my, my mom is an amazing seamstress. Yeah. So I, my, she's just always been my crutch. Like and I've always just far surpassed me. There was a time when I was a better sewer than you. You well surpassed me at this point. <laughs> Yeah, but the pandemic made me stop using her as a crutch because we couldn't see each other. Um, And so 
I was like, okay, well, now I have to learn how to do this on my own. And, um, but just, I love the process of it, but man, when you've got that finished product and you're done and you can see it all put together, like there's nothing better than that. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. It's just that amazing feeling. Um, okay. So uh, we're going to get a little, we're going to little, get a little dark. Okay. What is your, what's going to, yeah. It's going to be dramatic. <laughs> Email. says the queen of dramatics Death cab for cutie. <laughs> so what is your least favorite part of cosplay um things mm-hmm. within the community things about making um you know what do you think we this Areas can be for improvement we call that education yeah yeah uh things that are not good that could be more good mm-hmm. well um well for me, um, I am a black cosplayer and it's definitely how the community treats it's like cosplayers of color, especially it's like darker skin cosplayers. It's not great. And there's so much room for improvement. Like when we're doing this interview, I know it's coming out later, but right now it is February. So it's 28 days of black cosplay. So, you know, trying to promote other and fellow black cosplayers, because a lot of the time they're overlooked within the community and their skill is not recognized. And like, again, as somebody who competes, I can tell you, I don't get to see a lot of black cosplayers compete, I think because they are intimidated and it's, they, I mean, I'm not going to speak for them, but I've heard and talked to a few and they're like, you know, I don't see a lot of people like me compete or win. And I'm like, I get that. Like, granted, I have not competed now for a few years, but that's also due to the pandemic. Um, so it's something that I think the cosplay community needs to improve on definitely is like being welcoming to black cosplayers as well as cosplayers of just like different ethnicities, different body shapes, different abilities. It's so focused, at least in big media on like white female cosplayers very conventionally attractive thin and I want it to be seen as something that anyone can do but right now a lot of the focus is not on like people who are different who are who are doing cosplay because I know some absolutely amazing cosplayers who just don't get the attention because of maybe their size or their skin color or that Mm -hmm. you know they have a mobility aid so you know they're not canon which is also an issue of people being like well that's not Canon, and I just want to oh. slap them in the eye. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Listen, you send all of those people our way because we want to talk to them. That has been one of our goals. I is talk to mm-hmm. them. I wanna... no, I don't mean the people that are mean. I mean the people like oh. the people that are not getting the attention they deserve. We would love to showcase them on the yeah, podcast because to. that's been one of our major goals. Uh, that's is... what we think is cool. Like we, this is a direct quote from before on the podcast but like if you're cosplaying as like marvel character nobody looks like that yeah nobody the other hemsworths do not look like chris hemsworth that's right. going to become my new catchphrase <laughs> like his brothers don't look like him so why and i think it's much more interesting to see wide diversity of the same character like showing i uh, like i'm gonna get real cheesy yeah, yeah, yeah. and lame. <laughs> just like you know like it's so cool that people from like completely different walks of life can find something in common in this character i would much rather see that than you know three guys that look sort of kind of yeah three dudes that sort of kind of look like chris simsworth being thor not that there's anything wrong if you sort of 
kind of look like Chris Hemsworth being Thor, but you know, it doesn't make it less valid. If the fandom know. is for everyone. Right. Like, and if you like, I would rather meet, like, again, you meet cooler people through meeting people who are not like you, people you would never meet or, you know, not just like you said, different walks of life. Right. So yeah, it's whack. And it also stops, in my opinion, I've seen it stop a lot of people from getting into cosplay that yes. would like to do it, uh, which sucks because right. cosplay has been like done so honestly done a lot for Paige and I. Uh, it's really brought me out of my shell as someone who is on the spectrum and plus size, like my self-confidence, my self-worth, my ability to interact with other people uh, and relate to other people has all been helped so much by cosplay. So keeping that from someone else because they don't it, they, like you, you don't look or, like, yeah. you know, you don't look like Chris Hemsworth. You know, it's lame. That's <laughs> bad. Yes. <laughs> that's like, again, like, cause you know, again, not that it's the same thing as being a person of color, but being a plus size cosplayer, when I started cosplaying, I was terrified that someone would be like, you are too mm -hmm. fat to be this character. And luckily no one's ever said that to my face. Well, and we've had, we've but, had people, We've had different people of color on the podcast before cosplayers talking right. about, you know, their journey and talking about like that they were nervous to cosplay because, you know, they had seen comments like, oh, it's the black right. Superman right. or like yeah. different things like that, you know, and like as cosplayers that just love it because of how accepting it has been for us. We hate, we hate that for other cosplayers. Right. Yeah, right. we hate that for other cosplayers. Yeah. Sorry, this is a sore subject. <laughs> no, no, but this is a subject that definitely needs attention. Have you had personal experience with uh, being, you know, kind of shut out of the cosplay community because you are a person of color? Um, not shut out. I, because I refused <laughs> to let that right, happen absolutely. to myself. But like, okay. have people make comments on it? Yes, because. Uh, I love cosplaying princesses and frilly dresses. And guess what? We only have one black princess, um, Tiana. Uh -huh. So is she the best? Maybe. <laughs> I love Tiana. Um, but oh, like I love Tiana. Yeah. My favorite princesses are like Belle and Moana. So I've cosplayed both of yes. them. Um oh, yes. yeah. And I've done like Ariel. Like when it's like, oh, I want to do Ariel, I'm gonna do like a cosplay test and like got a bunch of like hate messages on it. And I was like, oh, oh. you know what? whatever so then I kept posting more pictures of it <laughs> oh, right like um, literally yeah. it sucks uh, that anyone should have to go through that it it's just it's in it's insane to me like right. I, I you know I recognize that it happens but again they're they're fictional characters like it's a mermaid who's yeah. to say what a mermaid like it's not real <laughs> It's so crazy that like adult humans will be like, oh, you don't look like uh -oh. us. Yeah, you don't look like what a mermaid's supposed to. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, you can look up. There's a, a biologist, an evolution. I'm a scientist. Oh. So there's an evolutionary biologist that's made a rendering of like what a theoretical mer person would actually look like. Freaking terrifying. <laughs> like scales and those like dark eyes that like deep sea creatures get and like anglerfish. Right. Oh, no. fun. And people are mad, like, oh, I don't want a brown Ariel. Not what the fuck? Right. Sorry. No, yeah, no. So I get that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's also like a big thing for me is like giving people the freedom to cosplay. Again, like we already touched on it, but giving them the freedom to cosplay whoever they want 
like a big issue I had when I first started cosplaying and I was like baby cosplayers, I'd be invited to groups, but I would only be offered to cosplay Tiana. And I was like, well, not my favorite character. Like it's Belle or Moana if they were like doing a big cast of princesses. I don't want to be placed in a box because I don't want other cosplayers to feel like they have to be placed in a box. So I'm going to go off and go do my own, you know, whatever cosplay, Belle or uh, someone from something else that I can't think of at the moment. (laughs) Sailor Moon. Yeah. Like I've done Sailor Moon and I was Sailor Jupiter. Um, I got a soft spot for Sailor Jupiter. Oh, yay. Me too. She's my favorite. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, I don't, I won't say they're all pretty real, but she's got a certain something. I don't know what it is like. To me, she feels kind of the most real, but that's not the right word for it. She just like, you know, I guess kind of, I don't know. She just reminds me of my friend Steph. I think that's it. (laughs) During the pandemic, I rewatched Sailor Moon Mm because Paige and I were working on Sailor Moon cosplays and uh, I literally went into a phase where I was like, I'm going to write a thesis about literally this. Every, every time a new Sailor Scout would come on, like while she was watching, I she'd text watching, me yeah. and she'd be like, oh no, I really relate to this <laughs> one. And then the next <laughs> yeah. one would come on. She'd be like, no, 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 no. Actually, I'm going to change it. And now I'm going to do like, first I was like, okay, I'm going to do Sailor Moon. And then I was like, nah, actually, I think I'm more, yeah. uh, I'm more Sailor Mercury. And then now I was like, no, nah, I'm more Sailor Jupiter. Like they're so... <laughs> They're so and the whole time I was like, and I am the like, black lady. Well, first, <laughs> yeah, the first I was, yeah, like, like, which when I'm like, black lady isn't evil, right? She's just, you know, she, she gets understand. turned evil by yeah. anime magic. Yeah. But uh, the like, I, for, like I was rewatching it because I watched it as a kid, and I was rewatching. And I was like, oh, I don't love that. Like, they're so obsessed with boys, and like, you know, like I don't feel like that's very good. Like, you know, feminism wise. And then I got to thinking, I was like. Yeah, but they're like 14, 15. Like that's what yeah. 14 and 15 year old girls do. Like that is accurate. Like that is relatable to young girls. I really she, like she went through a whole thing. I literally like one day I may write a thesis on <laughs> Sailor Moon and how good it is. I would love to read that. Uh so you kind of touched on this, but are there are there any more ways that uh being a black cosplayer has uh affected your journey or how you go about a cosplay or any aspect of your cosplay life i feel like i've like touched on a bit of it it's also opened me up to like a community of other black cosplayers so that's like nice to find that there are like you know other people out there who are dealing with similar things and we can discuss it or just you know talk about whatever you want to talk about like or I I haven't really cosplayed with that many of them but one of my closest friends she's also uh black and she also cosplays so like we really bonded over that uh so it was that was amazing Uh, um okay so do you have any future cosplays anything you're working on that you're just like really excited about and you want to talk about Yes. So I think I can talk about it um, because of when this is coming out, but I am working on right now uh, with Spoon Flower, the fabric brand. Um, uh, cos- oh, you do? Nice. Uh, this is actually my first time like using their fabrics. Um, I'm going to be doing 
what we are calling an elven princess, aka Arwen inspired look. So I'm excited for that because, you know, one, love Lord of the Rings, big nerd, um, love to be a princess again. I love big dresses and uh, gonna just rub it in the faces of any racist Lord of the Rings fans out there. There you oh, go. There's been a huge problem. Do you that. follow do you follow Don Marshall on TikTok? I've seen some of his videos. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. He is, like I did not realize he almost again, got banned like last he week did because banned, he did get banned. Yeah. He was like, listen, Lord of the Rings is for everybody. And if you don't like it, too damn bad. Mm -hmm. Cause like this is not your place. And a bunch of like super racist people reported him to mm -hmm. TikTok and got him banned because yeah. they didn't review it. They were just like, oh, he's got like 40,000 like negative reports or whatever. And then like all of the good Lord of the Rings fans were like, <laughs> no, bring him back. Like yeah. he's, he's doing what he's right. Like he's supposed like, and so like, I did not real like, again, I, I have the benefit that, you know, I didn't realize that there was so many racists right. in the fandom for lack of a you know yeah uh, mm -hmm. so yeah like that's yeah. that's super exciting so can i ask a little bit more about this because here's the deal i am working on an arwen's blood red dress right now and Ooh. i cannot find the paisley yeah. material that's a, a, her upper sleeve to save my life <laughs> uh so <laughs> i don't know if i'll be able to help you because i am doing her blue dress and oh, okay yeah, and also I have to use because it's a spoon flower. I have to use whatever they're you they have available, and it has to be inspired oh. by. So, because they don't have the that's, right. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to see how that turns out. Yeah. Though. that's going to be really cool. Yeah, that's exciting. Oh, thank you. I'm you excited too. I'm like, oh, I gotta find out. I gotta find out what she's up to over there. So yeah, and I mean, um, I'm gonna plug myself. If you would like to see the progress photos of this, you can follow me on Patreon where I have several tiers where I share my work. And uh, oh, that's awesome. it's a good time. I just kind of started it. So if you do join, please don't be surprised that there isn't too much yet because I kind of just kicked it off. I've been dealing with imposter syndrome and like, you're not worth having a Patreon. But then I like kicked oh, myself and yeah. I was like, no, you can do it. And I did it. So, yeah. I mean, that's literally how we feel about the entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to start a podcast and we're going to invite cosplayers on here. Yeah. Hey, who would want to come on and talk to us? Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, I feel very honored yeah. that you guys like found me and like reached out because I, I mean, it's, it must be so intimidating to reach out to someone you don't know and be like, Hey, can I chat with you for like an yeah. hour yeah. plus? What I, uh, honestly, I think the fact that we started and the first couple ones like we just we've had so many amazing people on and it's every been single person every person we've had on like we're like oh did we just make a new friend yeah, like I, you know like and it's been so the, everybody's been so welcoming it's been rewarding yeah, like I said, just learning about things that we would like experiences that we don't we can't speak on right so that our listeners learn about it and we learn about it and we meet cool people it's awesome right. it's like been, it's been great and so i think that's just made it easier because at this point uh you know it's kind of like well what's the worst they can say is like no no yeah. thank you or ignore the message yeah. but like I mean, for I the most part be, how dare you <laughs> message me on instagram <laughs> who do you think you are but nobody's done that so far oh my gosh oh uh, all right so what would you say who or what would you mm -hmm. say uh, fires you 
who inspires me? Um, so my friends, I know that's lame, but like my friends do and they've helped me so much, but like for specific people I can think of one of them. And I think you should definitely interview her. She is absolutely amazing is, uh, Cheyenne jazz. I always say her username wrong. Cheyenne jazz wise official. Um, Oh, I actually follow her on TikTok. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, she's on TikTok. She's, she is so yeah, amazing. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And like we recently started talking online. Like, I'd been following her for years. And she's like, Well, I've been following you for years. And I was like, Well, that's funny that we just started talking. Um, but yeah, she definitely inspires me. Um, I don't know if you follow her, Cutie Pie Sensei on I think she's on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'm looking it up right now. She is just like out of this world. I love all her work. My friend, I already mentioned her costuming drama. She is one so kind and like just so welcoming to anyone in the costuming, like historical costuming or cosplay community. So I like got to meet her in person recently because <laughs> she came down to the LA area and it was amazing. And I had such a great time with her and her work is so good. Um, my um, other friend also, I think she, yeah, I think pretty much everyone now is on Instagram and TikTok, but like Casey Renee Cosplay, she is also yeah, awesome. Casey was actually our very first interview. Mm -hmm. Oh, no way. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah we love Casey. Yeah. yeah I've been trying to get her out here to LA because I'm like I'm sorry I'm not I forgot what state she's in but I'm like I'm not going there so I was like come out to LA there's so much to do <laughs> um, uh, yeah I love Casey and there's just so many other amazing creators like uh, Nimble Noor I love her <laughs> yes no we literally are following every single one of those people because we love uh, we love to get uh, suggestions from guests about who who we need to be following, who we need to be keeping an eye on because, you know, cosplayers are the ones that know. Yeah. And I, I mean, all these people, absolutely amazing. And I love to highlight people who are like, you know, growing and know their craft and it's really inspiring to see. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we're going to wrap up here. I think we've monopolized enough of your time, but before we let you go, um, tell everybody uh, where they can find you on social media and all that jazz. Great. Okay. So <laughs> all that jazz. Um, oh, yeah, no. I, it was hard not to sing it. I couldn't help start. myself. It just came out like, <laughs> like word vomit. Um, but you guys can find me, um, Dresses and Capes, on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, all under the name Dresses and Capes. I've also recently launched a Patreon. And you can follow me on Patreon if you want to get behind the scenes and like previews of everything I'm working on because I do not share work in progress on my Instagram. But if you want to see it as well as be able to ask me questions about anything I'm doing and vote on what I am doing next, uh, come support me on Patreon. Also dresses and capes. That is so fun. I love that you do voting for what you're working on. We yeah. started, we did that for a con uh, last C2. year. Yeah, for C2E2 yeah. last year. And we put up like, what should we cosplay? Because we just literally could not decide. And it was so fun for our listeners to interact with us and help us decide what to cosplay. So I love that you do that. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm planning to start to do that. Um, because the one I mentioned is a 
it's an opportunity with a brand. I gave my patrons some say, but not too much because I do have to fulfill a brief, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Lauren, so much for being on with us. We really appreciate it. We had so much fun talking to you. Yeah, it was super duper. Like, again, I just can't believe you wanted to talk to us. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, thank you, guys. This was great. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Um, We hope that you enjoyed getting to know Lauren and uh, hearing all about her cosplay journey uh, as much as we did. Uh, If you want to follow along with us on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Cosplay and Cocktails Pod. We're also over on Twitter at Cosplay Pod and on TikTok at Cosplay and Cocktails. Um, That's all just for the mainstream stuff. Jesse will have other options for you later, but... Uh, You can send us things there or just follow along. Uh, We post pretty regularly there. Um, But Jessie has other options for you, which she's going to tell you all about now. Yeah, well, you can email our old traditional boring email, cosplayandcocktailspod at gmail.com. That's gmail.com. You can send us weird fish pics, interesting plants and mushrooms, uh, cosplay pictures you'd like to feature, cosplayers we should have on the podcast. We're so um, happy that Lauren has so many people mm-hmm. uh, in mind. Because uh, you know me. I don't know what I'm doing with social media. Correct. Uh, so I need someone to tell me. Right. Help, help me, won't you? Uh, corrections. Always, if we said something that is not a thing, tell us it's not a thing. Uh, if uh, Bay Bridge Vineyards... $2.50 wine is owned by Nazis. Let us know so we don't buy it again and they don't get a whole... How much profit can they be making on that? I don't know, but it's so good. How can they be something... Hopefully it's not Nazis. This something. Something. Something Ruby fishy. And Bay Bridge is going to come in and steal my wallet tonight. Something fishy is going on. Some, what? Someone do an investigation into Bay Bridge Vineyards. <laughs> Why is it $2.20? And tw- it was less than two fifty. $2.25 a bottle. Something's not right. We're going to buy stock if they're not Nazis, though. Mm. And by stock, I mean just a bunch you of You can't even get two-buck Chuck for two bucks anymore. No. Anyway. um, Yeah, I think that's uh, questions for I Ask You a Question. Uh, I'm just making up real random ones. So if you have a better one, send it. If you think you can do better. Um, that was not meant to sound so aggressive. Um answers to i ask you a question or whatever we're calling it these days question time i think that's it uh well if you want to so that's what you can send to our email which again is cosplayingcocktailspod at gmail.com that's gmail.com but also i just posted my first tiktok y'all uh it's just me uh rambling and Showing you shit around my house. The fun thing is that she didn't know you could see the amount of views. or, oh. sh- And mm. I, before we started recording this episode, took a little peek at her separate TikTok. It's not the, you know, mainstream TikTok. And just to see how many views her videos had. And when I told her there was over 250, she about came apart. Well, it's just who is watching that? I thought there was going to be like 12. Who? Why? I guess. Okay. <laughs> Now you're just these are the stages I'm going through. (laughs) Like, I mean, I guess I put it out there. If people want to watch it, if you want to see the things that are in my house, I have more things. I'm like, oh, Greg, it has all things in a good. It has all things (laughs) in a good. You want to see Bailey's 
up as close as you can get without yeah, your eyes you getting wet. It. Here, you can take this You like you. this? You can have it. You've only seen it once. <laughs> don't try to... Don't try to quote the old magic to me. I was, I was there, there when it was written. written. I was there when old Greg was first aired. Uh. Yeah, so uh, I've got an Instagram and a TikTok now at CosplayPod. Um, because that handle is... Um, Gold. Uh, you know, it's not the handle we deserve. But it is... Or wait, how's it go? Shit. It's not... The handle, the handle we were given. We want, but it's the handle we deserve. I don't know. It's, I got it. You don't. So, <laughs> um, if you want to see me just ramble more like I do on the podcast, but with my face this time and also things in my house and maybe I'll play some music when I no longer have a sinus infection, um, come and join <laughs> at cosplay pod. Yeah. Uh, and you have an email too. Oh yeah, at cosplaypod at gmail dot. Wait, I put too many ads. Cosplaypod at gmail dot com <laughs> is the email. So, uh, yeah, pretty much I think anything that's cosplaypod I've got now. So, uh, if you want the cool, not filtered by page, sweet, unfiltered, underground cosplaying cocktails, um, that's where it is. That's where it is. Cosplaypod. Um, can you and it's gonna be low quality too. <laughs> I just just want to get that out of the way. Like a pirate radio station, um, don't expect any uh, editing or like none of that fancy. I'm keeping it real. Um. Okay. Are we done? Yes. Okay. Bye. Bye.